Today's episode of Dog Nation Daily is brought to you by Pella Window and Door of Georgia, viewed to be the best. Presented by DogNation.com, this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. Here's your host, Brandon Adams. There is a lot to say about the situation involving former Alabama defensive back. At one point in time, a guy we thought was going to be a Georgia Bulldog, Brandon Turnage. Now we're not quite sure where all of that stands. A lot to say about that situation. We will do that in a few minutes' time. Before that, though, I want to begin with UGA recruiting talk and what a weekend it was for Georgia as it hosted a bunch of big name visitors and really had a chance to make a big impression on some of the big names for the class of 2022 and it certainly seems like this was a nice step forward for UGA and yes I say all of this understanding that every visit seemingly goes well every big time player who takes a look at a big-time program before the pandemic, after the pandemic, whatever else, things aren't really different. It's always going to be a great time. And yet, I think if you're a Georgia fan, you still take some pride in knowing that UGA seems to do this thing well. Get a bunch of guys together, make all of them feel loved and welcomed, welcomed, really rolling out the red carpet, putting the best foot forward for Athens and the university and the program itself. I've heard from some folks that a chance to be a kind of part of all of that, both on the athletic side, the academic side, and all the ways in which Georgia wants to say, hey, take a look at what we have going on here. So even if you expect the visits to go well, it is still, I would say, a really nice thing that the visits themselves do go well. Now, I want to read you one sentence here real quick from Jeff Centella, DogNation.com. This is from yesterday, and I think it kind of sets us up where we want to go here for a couple of minutes. He says that... Um, you know, things went really, really well. He says it looks like Kojo Antwi, of course, that's the uh, receiver out of uh, Lambert High School, and Oscar Delp, the tight end out of West Forsyth High School. It sounds like they really want to play well. Uh, they really want to play together. Jeff also writes that if I had to place the two players where it sounds like the dial moved the most for public targets in town this weekend, he says I'd have to go with Antwi and, of course, Branson Robinson, the big-time running back from the state of Mississippi. Robinson's a guy that, of course, we've talked about a lot before. So with that, that with with Jeff, he also says when it comes to Delp, nothing has changed with his target plan. He's still got a marathon march of schools up ahead and still eyeing a public decision reveal on September 30th. Uh, that is his mother's birthday. So from Jeff Stintel's perspective here, great weekend for UGA. Big impact when it comes to Branson Robinson. Another big impact for, for Oscar Delp. And Jeff says right there, and this certainly perks my attention up, a big impact from Kojo Antwi as well. Big impact on Kojo Antwi and his recruitment. So let's see if we can kind of unpack all of this a little bit here and kind of th- see where things stand. If Jeff wants to say that Georgia made a nice impression on Robinson here this week, the running back out of Mississippi, Robinson's own words would seem to back that up. There was a great tweet from uh, Branson that I want to make sure that I show you a nice collection of photos from his own visit there to a UGA. Branson celebrating the fact that dreams, he says, come become reality. And he says three words here that are going to carry a lot of weight that Georgia was amazing. And I think that's uh, great to hear because it certainly seems like this is the kind of furtherance of what has been a very impressive series of you know, efforts in recruiting by Georgia to Branson Robinson that's certainly gotten a lot of attention. In fact, Robinson is a little bit different than some of the recruits that sometimes we may talk about here who want to keep things a secret and want to not make too much 
known about how they're feeling about any certain facet of their recruitment. In Robinson's case, that's never really quite been his issue there. says, listen, I thought Georgia was amazing, and that comes on the heels of him being very clear with our Jeff Sintel in the past about exactly where Georgia ranks in his recruitment. Let me give you a reminder of that from an interview that uh, Robinson did with Jeff not all that long ago. It's no secret now. It's number one right now. But, uh, you know, I just want to get the feel for everything. I just want to go down there see how everything is because you know I just don't want to if I commit there I just don't want to be the first time I go down there after I commit you know I want to see how everything is that's all that is so let's do the math in our head on this just for a little bit Branson Robinson says it's no secret that George is my leader but I want to visit Georgia and make sure that when I put feet on the ground there in Athens that the vibe I get matches with the feeling that I have about them right now and he just tweeted out, Georgia was amazing. So I'm going to do a little two plus two in my head and say, well, if Georgia was your leader before, but you say, listen, I still got to visit the school, make sure that I got to kick the tires in person. And then you're saying, hey, the visit was amazing. Well, I'm going to add that up together in my head. I'm going to be left to conclude, wow, Georgia must be in a pretty good spot with Branson Robinson. And he's got every right not to make a decision now, take more visits and go through his process. In fact, I would encourage him to do that. Make sure you're making the best decision for you, even if that leads you to visit some other places besides UGA. But if Jeff wants to say that this was a big weekend for Georgia when it comes to Branson Robinson, that's on top of what it has already been up to this point in time, by anybody's estimation, a successful recruitment of, you know, for Georgia when it comes to Robinson there, and that's really fun. Something else that was really fun, when it was the Barstool UGA account that shared this photo, but I want to give this to you, of a lot of the recruits, Robinson included, uh, Oscar Delp, who we mentioned a moment ago, Gunnar Stockton, of course, the 2022 quarterback commit. They're all gathered here at Sanford Stadium. The lights are off, but the red LED lights are shining. I love this photo, and I apologize if you're watching radio podcast, you can't see this, but we'll put a link to this when we post the show later on so you can see this for yourself. I love this photo so much of Smart with the recruits, um, and he's kind of in the middle there. He's got the open-collar shirt, the sport coat, and he's pointing at the camera. I'm going to date myself a little bit with this reference, but for those of you who are kind of like children of the 80s like me, you may know what I'm talking about here. How much does Kirby Smart in this picture look like J.J. Dillon, the former manager of the Four Horsemen. And I realize this is more than four recruits standing around him, but with those guys all kind of posing, giving you a little bit of a mean mug to the camera, and Kirby kind of in the middle there, sport coat, open collar, pointing at the uh, at, at the camera, taking the photo. He looks just like J.J. Dillon, the heel manager for this faction of wrestlers. I think this is a great photo. It's Sanford Stadium in its best light, obviously looking really cool, all lit up in red. Obviously a lot of recruits, some of the ones we just mentioned, a moment ago kind of having some fun there as well and once again this seems to be a furtherance of what has been some some really good recruiting for UGA because one of the guys in that photo of course is Oscar Delp the uh, tight end from West Forsyth and this for Delp much like for Robinson who we said a moment ago has a nice visit on the heels of what's already been a growing relationship with Georgia it seems like Delp has a really nice visit on the heels by the way of being in Alabama not too long ago has a really nice visit to UGA here on the heels of what has already been um, a really strengthening bond between not just he and Georgia, but his family in UGA as well. Once again, a reminder from Oscar Dow. He's been very consistent. We talk almost every day. We text every day, call every other day. I mean, we're always talking on the phone. The Georgia coaches have definitely won my parents over, or definitely my mom. I mean, she got, I think, 
15 cards on Mother's Day from all of them, and she loved all that. So that's going to be a big thing with uh, the recruiting process, I think, with my parents. Are, they're definitely going to be a big influence on my decision. I'm going to make it in the, in the end, but, I mean, I'm going to listen to them a lot. But, I mean, they like Georgia a lot right now just from the connections that they have with the coaches. I mean, my mom's like, I don't want to send my baby off to some random, doesn't know the coach that well. I mean, that, they've definitely won my mom over, I'll say that. The he there at the beginning of that comment from Oscar Delp was Todd Hartley, the tight ends coach, who's led the way in Hartley and, and, and Delp's recruitment. But you listen to the way that he describes the relationship that his family has with UGA, the way that UGA has kind of won over his mom. And now you have a nice visit on top of that. Once again, much the same way you kind of feel fairly confident and at least optimistic about George and Robinson. I think you would like to feel the same way about Delp there as well. It is interesting to hear Jeff say that George may have made some similar type moves with Kojo and Twee this weekend. I will admit this, and this is just because I'm – I don't know. You can call me pessimistic or whatever else you want to call me. But as someone who obviously loved to see and tweet there at University of Georgia as a part of this 2022 class, I'd love to see some of these similar public declarations for Antwee. It seems like Antwee's one of these guys who, you know, he's had a good visit to Alabama recently. At one point in time, he was kind of linked to Ohio State. He's been obviously linked to Texas A&M. He's got some family ties there to the state of Texas. It'd be nice, I think, for a lot of Georgia fans to hear some of the public proclamations from Antwee that you've heard from guys like Delp and Robinson and, you know, some of these other names who seem to be growing closer to Georgia by the day. Sounds like Jeff says behind the scenes, some of that may have gone on with Antwee this weekend. I think a lot a lot of folks will be watching to see how much of that kind of becomes public as we kind of continue through this 2022 cycle where the Antwi recruitment would seem to be in, incredibly contested. And I would also remind folks that when Jeff Sintel was on with us on Friday here on Dog Nation Daily presented by Pella Window and Door of Georgia, we did talk a lot about Antwi during that interview. So if you missed Friday's show, maybe go back and uh, check in on all of that. So let me kind of sum all of this up and try to kind of you know wrap all this up in kind of a neat package here. There is no doubt that the opening of visits again, the ending of the dead period, has come in a good time for UGA as it is furthering relationships that are already strong with top recruits, kind of growing relationships, in some cases out of nowhere, with guys that we haven't even had a lot of public conversation about, but it seems like Georgia made some inroads there. You expect visits to go well, but these for Georgia went maybe even better than than could be expected. This was a seemingly big weekend for UGA recruiting. Nice groundwork laid for what's going to be another elite class for 2022, if not the very best in the country. My name's Brandon Adams, and this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans presented today by Pella Window and Door of Georgia, and glad to have you with us. No matter how you get to us today, live on video 10 a.m., Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, radio at noon. Normally on Athens Sports Radio 963, uh, we're actually going to be back, I think, on 960 again tomorrow. They've had a, a couple things going on here, so we're looking forward to being back on the radio in Athens again tomorrow. For those of you who normally listen to us on the radio and kind of gravitated towards us on another platform, we certainly appreciate you being here, and we'll look forward to being back with you on the radio there with our friends in the Classic City again very soon here this week. And, of course, podcast platforms, all of them, Apple the Google platforms, the Spotify, SoundCloud, worldfamousdognation.com. However you find us, we're just really glad you made this show a part of your daily routine. And a big thanks to our friends at Pella Window and Door of Georgia for making it all possible. We would not have the studio, wouldn't have a producer to help me out, would not have access to all these platforms if it wasn't for the great work the folks at Pella do to make this show available to you here today. So a big thanks to them and a big reminder that not only are they great partners for us here at Dog Nation Daily, but they're also tremendous partners for you as well when it comes to equipping your house with energy-efficient windows and doors. Let's face it, 
Better windows and doors can do a lot of things for you. Make your house feel better on the inside. Keep the stuff that's outside where it's supposed to be on the outside. And by the way, it looks better on the outside as well. Improved curb feel is a big part of this too. So the folks at Pella want to set all you up with kind of a very easy, no hassle, no pressure consultation to walk you through all the installation options, all of the different choices available to you. This is the kind of thing they're famous for because while Pella is a nationally known company with kind of unparalleled resources, it's also a locally owned branch right here in Georgia. That means you get family service as well. So you get kind of the best of both worlds when it comes to Pella Window and Door of Georgia. Also a great offer for you right now. You can currently get 10% off your entire project or 0% APR for 24 months. So great savings there. A couple of ways to get in touch. Let me give you the phone number first. It's 678-638-1496. Once again, that's 678-638-1496 or online PellaofGA.com slash DogNation. One more time for that website, PellaofGA.com slash DogNation. Pella Window and Door of Georgia is viewed to be the best. All right, it's John Stinchcomb here coming up in just a moment. Before that, though, let's go around the doghouse, assisted today by our friends at AAA. And I do want to get into now the story that kind of dominated the news last night and kind of wild twists and turns on a lot of this. There were some reports, including our buddy Mike Griffith from DogNation.com, who said that Brandon Turnage had left the Georgia program, that uh, you know, they, they, I guess he'd been here, been to Athens. Obviously, classes haven't started yet, but he had come to Athens, shown up, but then decided to leave the Georgia program. There was some belief this may be related to the arrival of Darian Kendrick, the cornerback transfer from Clemson or, or, or whatever else. But it was reported that, that, that Brandon Turnage was no longer with the Georgia team. Now, as many of you are aware, Turnage last night on Twitter responded to all of this in, in his own social media message saying, kind of relax with the rumors. Seemingly, in this case, Turnage pushing back on the idea that that it was true that he was no longer with the, the, the Georgia team, saying, as of right now, these are rumors, and as he says, rumors that folks should kind of relax with a little bit. To kind of further complicate this, though, certainly there would seem to be something more than just a rumor to the idea that, that, that Turnage is either on his way out or considering being on his way out, because there was also last night around 8.30 p.m., I think this became available online, Georgia extending another scholarship offer to another transfer defensive back, a, a guy from Tulsa. We'll show this to you. A Caleb Evans is his name, who said, I was blessed and grateful to receive an offer from the University of Georgia and gives you a hashtag go dogs with all of that. So a lot going on here in terms of the reports that Turnage had left the team, Turnage kind of pushing back, calling that rumors, Georgia offering another defensive back, which I think most of us would believe that Georgia would not have the scholarship space to do unless Turnage is indeed uh, not coming. Uh, Turnage's high school coach also talked to uh, Mark, Mark Weiser from uh, the Athens Banner Herald, onlineathens.com. Michael Fair is his name, who says that Turnage is, quote, just kind of going through some things. Uh, he just said he didn't feel comfortable at UGA for some reason. So kind of a lot to unpack here, and I guess I'm kind of left with a couple of different thoughts on this. First of all, you know, on this show, we try to be as kind of pro-player as we possibly can be. In other words, we're pretty supportive of players, and we try to be advocates you know, for the players to play this sport, whether they're guys at Georgia or guys who ultimately end up playing somewhere else. But this is one of those things where I think honesty compels me to admit that if Turnage thought he was coming to Georgia – with a starting spot guaranteed at UGA because, you know, there is, you know, I guess some general belief out there that maybe this is related to, you know, 
a, a, a more challenging access to playing time, given the fact that Kendrick's on his way here and things along those lines. You know, if Turnage thought he was going to get easy access to a starting job at UGA, then he's just got to have a better read on the situation than that. I mean, take Darian Kendrick out of this for a moment, whether he should or shouldn't have known that Georgia had been involved with uh, Darian Kendrick. You know, we'll push that aside. But just along the lines of guys like Jalen Kimber and Keely Ringo or Amir Speed, someone who's been you know a veteran with this program since 2017, the idea that Turnage would be the heir apparent starter at cornerback over guys like that, boy, I don't quite know how you get there, which is not to say that Turnage would not be able to earn that starting job, but that's just kind of, that's a lot to expect, you know, given Turnage's background, what he has and hasn't done in Alabama, what his recruiting profile is in comparison to their guys who are here. You know, I just think you, as a player, you got to be very, very careful, assuming that the grass somewhere else is going to be so much greener that if you haven't been starting at your previous school, you're going to just sort of slide right in and start starting at UGA. That's probably expecting a little too much there. But beyond that, you know, I'd say this when it comes to Georgia fans who kind of watch some of this kind of stuff play out publicly. And to this point in time, I guess we still don't quite really know what turnage is going to do. Although, you know, maybe at this point in time, the writing is on the wall that he's on his way out. I think fans themselves have to be really careful about pushing guys on the way out the door through something like this. You know, this whole notion of, well, if he's wavering or if you know he doesn't want to compete, whatever else, then you know, uh, then Georgia shouldn't want him at all. And I just think you've got to be really careful being so quick to condemn somebody in that situation. Frankly, it's the same kind of thing that some Georgia fans would have criticized LSU fans for when it came to a Rick Gilbert. So if you're going to say well, LSU fans were disloyal to Gilbert before Gilbert left LSU to come to Georgia, then I think you've got to be careful not doing the same thing when it comes to what Turnage may or may not be doing right now in his relationship to a UG. And listen, I get turned off by some of this transfer portal stuff. I'm not going to lie to you. You know the, you know the the way in which this kind of creates a level of chaos around college football. I've told you before. I don't necessarily think that's good, but I'm not going to blame Turnage for it necessarily. You know, it sounds like he's trying to work through something. It sounds like he's trying to figure out, you know, where his fit is after not playing as much as he wanted to at Alabama. It sounds like he wants to make a, a good, sensible decision about where he goes next and give himself the best chance to play. I frankly can't be all that mad at him for wanting to do that. As I said before, you got to be careful in assuming it's going to be easy for you wherever you go, and maybe Turnage was guilty of thinking that the situation at Georgia was going to be easier than it actually was even before Darian Kendrick arrived here. But at the same time, if Turnage were to kind of think better of all this, if cooler heads were to prevail, and if he's welcomed back at UGA and decides to come back, you know, who am I to say that Georgia shouldn't welcome him back right there? This is a pretty talented guy, former top 100 recruit, top 10 defensive back. There was a lot going on Uh that, that may turnage an attractive prospect when he was first announced to be transferring here to the University of Georgia. So I would just advise UGA fans, be, be careful condemning here because um, this may be a player, if, if things work out differently, that you may eventually be glad that you have. So we'll see how that plays out. Could be that he's gone, but we'll obviously follow it and see where it goes. That is Around the Doghouse. It's assisted today by our friends at AAA. Of course, AAA known for legendary roadside assistance. Also, in really good discounts. You know, we were on the road a lot for Memorial Day weekend, staying in a bunch of different hotels, and AAA discount came up big for us everywhere we went, so that's always a good thing. But that's not the only kind of savings that AAA provides. In fact, it's not even 
even the biggest savings that AAA probably provides. For those that switch to AAA for their auto insurance, on average, they save $529. So find out what a lot of people have learned, which is the AAA is the name to know when it comes to auto insurance as well. It's AAA.com. That's AAA.com slash auto insurance. Switch and save today. I think you'll be glad you did. It's great to have them as a part of Around the Doghouse. Also good to have all of you with us here as well. There is a lot going on around UGA. Let's keep that conversation going. Let's figure it all out. Our great friend, John Stinchcomb, the terrific former UGL American, he joins us now on Dog Nation Daily, presented by Pella Window and Door of Georgia. It's glad to have him. I am glad to have him and all of you with us here today as well. From Athens and across the SEC or wherever the recruiting trail may lead, here's a DogNation.com insider. So we'll say hello to uh, John Stinchcomb, and it's great to have him with us. It's been a while since we talked to John. We were preempted last week for, not preempted, we just took the day off for the Memorial Day holiday observance. Uh, so we missed John last week, but fun to get a chance to talk to him here today. And John, I'll say good morning to you and bring you in on this Brandon Turnage conversation. As I said to our audience before, you know, on the one hand, Turnage made a mistake if he thought he was going to slide in at Georgia and just be immediately inserted as a starter. This program is too deep for anybody to be able to do that. And that's prior to Darian Kendrick from Clemson announcing he was coming in there as well. So, you know, that may be a mistake on his part. But, John, I also think it's a mistake on Georgia fans' part if they're quick to condemn him because he's trying to figure out what he wants to do. Now, maybe he ultimately decides not to be at UGA, and if he doesn't, I guess that's all fine and well, too. But if through all of this, if you know he were to, I guess, decide he wants to come back to UGA and be a part of what's going on here, you know, who am I to say that it's a mistake for Georgia to welcome him back after all of this? What do you make of the turnage situation and kind of where things might stand on that? Well, I think it would it would demand a number of assumptions for us uh, to, to point to a specific reason until we know better. I mean, who knows what what's going on behind the scenes? It's right now. There's such speculation as to what's happening and the reason behind it. Um, and that's the era we're in, right, where breaking news becomes talking points and we're not exactly sure exactly uh, what we are talking about. I, I don't know exactly uh, what the turnage situation is and, and reasons behind it and why the speculation has arisen uh, because it's such an emerging topic and um, I, I, I'm not going to speak on uh, the reasons why this situation exists because I'm, I'm not educated on it. I don't, I don't know what's going on with Turnage. I don't know uh, what all the situation is that has caused this to become an issue, to be honest with you. Yeah, I think that's a, a fair point. And I guess more broadly speaking, when it comes to you know a lot of transfers right now are trying to consider who, where their new college home is supposed to be, I guess, John, like the one piece of advice I would offer is just be careful assuming that anything's going to be easy. And I think that's like one of the real potential downfalls of this kind of portal age in which we live is, is that the portal has kind of been sold to players as a magic carpet ride, right? It's like a, it's like a, a magic wand you can wave and leave a tough situation and go to an easier situation. But at big-time college football, John, everything is tough. Everything is challenging. Everybody on every one of these teams, the, the, the kinds of teams that we talk about on a show like this, everybody was high school All-American and, 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 and you know, big-time prospect. And, you know, the idea that you're going to just easily push anybody aside and waltz your way to a starting job, you know, take it beyond turnage and just make it more broadly speaking for all of these potential transfers, 
it's not going to be easy wherever you go. And I, I do think it's important to keep reminding players of that, that the portal is sometimes not exactly what it's been sold to you as being. Absolutely. Now, I think that's a, a fair discussion point for all of us to kind of look at and analyze because, uh, you know, we've seen in the past players that uh, discourage, I'm thinking about Brett Martell, really. If you, if you look at the uh, Ohio State situation yeah. where – uh, he's offering cautionary tales to Justin Fields, sure. and then transfers himself, trying to to get a better situation, and it didn't turn out that way. Um, you know, the bird in the hand. You know, some sometimes you look at it and you say, "Golly, this isn't the situation I want to be in," because it's not apparent to you today. I, I think you have to have some sort of perseverance and uh, perception that. No matter where you're going, no matter what your situation is, it demands some work. And just because this new opportunity that exists in college athletics of this transfer portal, um, it does not mean that you don't have to work anymore. I mean, uh, no matter what the situation is, if if you um, you're in a you're at a school you no longer like it you don't like the the opportunities that present themselves right now it doesn't mean you get to go to the next place and you're not going to have to work uh, that doesn't change so for some of these guys I think they're they're seeing this portal for what it is which is an, an opportunity to uh, kind of change your predicament and under with the understanding that you still have to work at your craft you still have to um, maximize the opportunity that you think you're walking into. And then for other guys, I, I don't think they're recognizing the fact that um, just because you can move on or, or move to a different school, it doesn't change the fact that you have to work still. I mean, it, it, just because it hadn't uh, worked out for you in the past and, and you've got this new door, uh, it's not always the best choice to walk through it. You know, I think that may be fair. It also occurs to me that as we're talking about this transfer situation and what we do and don't know about it, it, it does occur to me that we haven't had a chance to hear from you about the transfers that Georgia added last week. Darian Kendrick, former All-ACC defensive back from Clemson. Uh, Rick Gilbert, one of the top freshmen in the SEC uh, a year ago. These, to me, would seem like big-time ads and certainly a little bit more uh, what sort of, I guess, certainty to these discussions of both Gilbert and Kendrick on their way to UGA and hard to see how this isn't very big for the program, right? Yes, and this is the positive side of the transfer portal. It's something that uh, everyone is learning. What is, what is this? What does it mean to college sports? What can this do for my team, both, both positively and negatively, because there's going to be impacts felt in both ways, but to be able to add in June two players that very realistically could be huge for this Georgia team uh, only two months away from the start of the season, um, you can't be anything other than super excited to add the talent that Georgia was able to add. Uh, this is totally new territory, but to get the likes of Rick Gilbert and and uh, Kendrick from Clemson. Sorry, I'm distracted. Folks are yelling around here. I'm actually in the West End Zone right now. Oh, is that right? Uh, for an athletic medical review board. Uh, so there's, there's, they got all sorts of stuff going on around here. It's good to be in the stadium because it's beautiful. But 
there's always something going on around here. Well, we won't take too much more. Uh, but, Go ahead. No, this is good stuff. But just to be able to add this level of talent is huge uh, to, to address a position of need that I think there was some serious concern for legitimate reasons just because of the amount of talent you're replacing in the secondary and uh, through the transfer portal to be able to add so many key pieces um, obviously bolsters a position of need. And then uh, with, with the injuries of, of George Pickens, you're questioning who's that number one receiver. Now, granted, Georgia's got more uh, positional depth than I think his, history would prove. This might be the deepest uh, wide receiver room that Georgia had to be able to absorb a loss, which you know, you're never going to fully be able to replace that, a loss of, of, of a guy like George Pickens. But um, I think you were in a position to rally about as well as we ever could have um, just because of the number of guys in the room. But to be able to add uh, such a huge talent in Gilbert, I mean, it's huge. You know, I think, I think it is, and uh, I certainly appreciate you being with us. I don't want to take up too much more of your time because it sounds like you've got a great event going on. I do want to get a couple things from you, though, here. You mentioned being in the West End Zone. That's obviously one of those you know great facilities that's enhanced UGA's recruiting effort. We saw Sanford Stadium on big display this weekend with recruits like you know Gunnar Stockton was in town and Oscar Delp who was in town and Kojo Antwee who was in town and you know Branson Robinson on and on you could go there's obviously a brand new football facility uh, that recruits and players themselves have kind of raved about when you see the Georgia machine operating the way that it did this past weekend John and the way that it has since June 1st when the NCAA mandated dead period was lifted as an alumnus of this program and a guy who's still a stakeholder in everything that goes on at UGA, I got to imagine that fills you with a pretty strong sense of pride to know that things are kind of working the way they're supposed to be working. Well, I think it's timed up really well for Georgia because having walked through the new Budsmere additions, uh, um, they are outstanding. I mean, jaw-droppingly nice. Uh, I, I've been to some of this world's best hotels and they're appointments aren't uh, on the level of what these players are going to be able to experience. So to have recruits come in um, and see these updated facilities that are uh, on par with the best in the country, if not unmatched across this country, is going to be a huge addition and recruiting tool that Coach Smart and his staff are going to utilize for a, a long time to come. Um, it is really a something to see, and I'm telling you, I just walking through, and I'm I'm in the shower, going, this is the shower is impressive. So uh, the attention to detail that they put in these facilities is uh, something that's remarkable, and and all Georgia fans will be super excited once uh, they get to see more cuts and clips from access that as as this spaces get utilized but uh now that we've opened back up to recruiting and it feels like there's a sense of normalcy uh there's so much to be excited about as a georgia fan and having those big names and, and future recruits and hopefully future bulldogs on campus is uh, a, a great return to this part of the season that so many folks get excited about i want to finish with this if you don't mind something else we haven't had a chance to hear from you on 
Uh, you're obviously a part of the UGA Athletic Association uh, uh, a board there. The And the meeting takes place a couple of weeks ago. There was some big news that kind of came out of that, whether it be you know full capacity for games this fall, something that was not necessarily unexpected, but still welcome news nonetheless, that uh, you're going to have 93K back in Sanford Stadium again. And then, of course, the reduced concession stand prices. I think a lot of fans have been happy to see that kind of fan-friendly step from the new athletic director, uh, Josh Brooks. But beyond that John having been a part of the athletic board meeting recently what was your kind of takeaway with kind of where things stand at UGA right now and kind of the overall mood around the athletic department well there's so much to be excited about and there's so much positive activity happening um, considering the circumstances I mean uh, the the job that Ryan Nesbitt the chief financial officer for the athletic board uh the job that they've done, uh, the, the job of the fans and their dedication to this athletic department. I mean, uh, originally, um, you know, when COVID first, the pandemic is happening and you're looking at numbers and you're going, how, how do we make ends meet? And uh, without laying off a single employee, without furloughing a single employee, um, like 85% of the other schools did, Georgia didn't. And uh, they were able to do it because of a tightening of the belt and uh, the fan support, I think, are the two primary factors. Uh, obviously, the SEC was able to step in and, and try to subsidize uh, each program across the board. But just to see the management and the forethought that, has gone into place. I mean, and quite honestly, when you first sit in these meetings and you're saying, you know, we've got these reserve funds that uh, at one time athletic director Greg McGarity was getting um, some criticism for, you know, this rainy day fund. You're thinking, well, how, how rainy can it get? And, boy, did we, did yeah. we see how rainy it could get. And uh, these other programs aren't weren't able to respond and, uh, react the way that Georgia did just because of the forethought that went in place um, for for the unforeseen. Nobody could see this pandemic coming, but Georgia was much more prepared for it than uh, pretty much any other school in the country. And I think that's why coming out of the pandemic and, and as things start to really open back up, we're looking at a, a, a brand new facility that's almost fully funded and uh, a stadium that um, has seen rent recent renovations that is going to continue to be revitalized. And there's just so much uh, to be excited about as compared to, you know, everybody's still white knuckling and, and saying, how are we going to um, rebuild from, from all the things that we've lost over this year? That's not where Georgia's at. So uh, kudos to those that, that, put us in this position to uh, see the positives as compared to uh, trying to figure out how to dig back out of this hole. Yeah, John, I think that's really well said. I really appreciate you being here on Dog Nation Daily presented by Palo Endo and Door of Georgia today. It's always great to get your insight, enjoy your time in Athens today, and we will look forward to getting a chance to speak to you very soon here as well. Always a good time. Sorry for being a little bit distracted. No worries. There's, uh, there's a lot going on here, so it's fun. Enjoy it, John. Thanks for your time. Let's take a look around the rest of the league. This is SEC Through. So interesting to get all that from John Stinchcomb, a guy who was on the athletic board, not just giving you insight on what the meeting was about, but actually 
telling you that first-person perspective from having been one of the, I guess, the deliberators in the meeting. So that's kind of a, a nice thing to be able to get from uh, John Stenchcomb there. I want to talk more about what John had to say. First, though, let me give you a shout-out to my friends at secondchance.law. I love what they do because, uh, you know, I say this all the time, just, just kind of, you know, I'm just a big believer, like my overarching view on life is that second chances, you know, grace, generosity, these are good things. And I like to see second chances bestowed. And I love it when people take advantage of a second chance and do something to make their life better. It's one of the reasons why I love what secondchance.law does. This is a law firm, and they are an expert when it comes to a specific aspect of Georgia law, which now provides an opportunity for folks who maybe have some issue in their past. They just would love to kind of have to you know, they want to mulligan for like that one thing, right? They want to kind of go back and do that thing differently. And that's what secondchance.law in some cases can give you a chance to do. And you already know this. That means the kind of jobs you can apply for, the kind of living opportunities you can enjoy, a lot of things made better if you can just get like this one thing taken care of. And obviously the law can be kind of a confusing thing. Secondchance.law has worked to make it easier to understand. By giving you a free online quiz when you answer these questions, it kind of helps you determine your eligibility. And if you are ineligible, then my friends at secondchance.law can kind of explain to you and coach you up on how you can become eligible. This is a really good thing. And one of the partners, of course, Double Dog, two-time UGA grad, longtime listener of Dog Nation Daily, former Redcoat. We love the Redcoats around here. So this is good stuff. It is my just sincere wish that anybody who feels like this company and, and the work they're doing when it comes to law can be a benefit to you please take that step and find out exactly how true that is secondchance.law for more information secondchance.law more information there one more quick thing on turnage then i want to move on and do the uh, sec through here for a moment so let's say that turnage really is gone right you know former alabama signee former top 100 recruit big time high school player in oxford mississippi this guy got a lot a lot of choices coming out of high school this is the kind of big-time player that somebody like me kind of likes being in the fold at a place like Georgia. But let's say that this just doesn't feel right to him, that the arrival of Darian Kendrick to go along with what's already here and the, the Ringos and the Kimbers and the and the Speeds, you know, knowing that he's sat at Alabama and hadn't gotten a chance to play, that coming here, that this is going to be too much of a, of, of a challenge for him. Let's say that, that he moves on and he really is done there at Georgia. Honestly, you know, I'll show you this. If you don't mind, let's show the image one more time of Evans out of Tulsa saying that that he's been offered from the University of Georgia. If this is the way that Georgia goes, yeah, Caleb Evans there. If this is the way that Georgia goes, if Evans gets the scholarship that at one point in time had been thought to go to Turnage, honestly, I got no problem with that either. I mean, for a couple of reasons. As I said on Twitter last night, the last defensive back that Georgia brought in from Tulsa, J.R. Reed, turned out to be a pretty good one, right? He was an AP All-American in his senior year's final year at UGA. You can't do much better than that. So Georgia has clearly had some success when it comes to taking former Golden Hurricanes on the roster, so you kind of work out well there. Here's another thing, though, that will be an aspect of how the transfer portal is used going forward, and this is just a fact, that you know guys mature in college. I mean, think about even in your own life, what you were as a high school student, what you became as a college student. Many times people just kind of find themselves as a way uh, in, in a way in college they were not able to do in high school and that's just kind of part of what goes on and there's going to be some maturity and growth for like that group of five level player that maybe wasn't apparent when he was coming out of high school that becomes more apparent when he's been doing some big things I mean the uh, AAC is not a is not a weak conference there's some good competition week in week out in that league the American Athletic Conference you know if, if Evans has demonstrated in that league that he's 
capable of being you know a player here at georgia there will be some examples of this where guys do get a chance to move up from the group of five level to the big power five you know sec level at a place like georgia that is going to be in some ways how this transfer portal gets you so if turnage is out and evans is in the fact that Evans kind of comes with a slightly lower profile in this particular case doesn't really scare me off at all, just given the fact that we're going to see some of these guys get a chance to move up the ranks using the transfer portal to their advantage in that way. A couple of other recruiting stories that was interesting. Walter Nolan, five-star defensive lineman we've talked about before. Nolan giving you what I thought was a very surprising tweet over the weekend, but the possibility that his recruitment could be coming to an end. Let me show you this. Uh, and I'll kind of give you a response to it. Nolan's saying on Twitter that he wants to announce that he's going to be shutting down his recruitment and making a decision. With all due respect to Nolan, who obviously meant this when he wrote it, sometimes I, <laughs> I sort of have a hard time believing that, you know, if you're going to go back and listen to the interview that Nolan gave Jeff Sintel uh, a few weeks ago when he was in Atlanta for a recruiting event, this is a guy who was very interested in this process at the time and seemed very content to allow all of that to play out over the course of months, you know, the idea that that he is now ready to shut all this down, even that, if that's what he tweets, I guess I'm a little skeptical that it's really going to quite play out that way. Many Florida fans took this as really good news because the tweet by Nolan after having visited Florida uh, would be left to you'd be left to believe well gosh I guess Florida must have really rolled out the red carpet for him if that's what he's doing I mean the fact of the matter is Florida's just not a good enough recruiting program to get a guy like Walter Nolan to truly shut down his recruitment and you know you're going to get some of this kind of stuff from time to time where you know guys are really excited after having taken a visit but my guess is is that the Nolan thing probably ends up being a little different than that that tweet suggests it's going to be not that I don't take his word seriously I just think that when you look at the preponderance of information that's been out there regarding Nolan the idea that all of this is going to come to an end right now I have a hard time believing that and I said before I have zero respect for Dan Mullen as a recruiter if there was a coach that could get a guy like uh, Nolan to shut down his recruitment I simply don't believe Dan Mullen would be that guy but I've been wrong before so we will see uh, how that goes one more thing I want to get to you here and you know we say this from time to time that as exciting as it is to know that Georgia has a dead period lifted and able to start taking and hosting visitors again, you know, the other schools get a chance to do the same thing. And, you know, we talked about uh, Antwi and Delp, Kojo Antwi and Oscar Delp being in Alabama recently and all the other recruiting targets from Georgia that have been kind of all over the place. There was also a couple of UGA commits who were in College Station this weekend. Uh, Dion Bowie was there. Obviously, Bowie's got a relationship with Nick Williams and uh, Bear Alexander on Twitter showing off himself and that uh, Texas A&M Maroon there as well. And this one, we go back with Jeff Sintel. In fact, we'll show this tweet to you on the screen here. This is something we talked about with Jeff Sintel on Friday. I'm going to keep saying over and over again. It's not that I'm uh, not of the belief that that Bear Alexander won't eventually be in Georgia's 2022 class. I have every reason to believe that he will. But I take this recruiting battle pretty seriously. I mean, you know, and we can show the uh, the, the Bear tweet if you want to. Um, I, I take this pretty seriously that that the Aggies, I think, are a factor and a little bit of a – yeah, there you see uh, Bear right there wearing the uh, maroon jersey. Uh, he says, I came from nothing. I didn't have anybody. No other way to go about it. No other mindset I'd rather, rather have than this one. So he's obviously having a good time and, uh, and, and feeling you know, pretty excited about all of this. And so this is one you got to watch closely, right? I mean, 
College Station is close to his hometown. He can go there a good bit. My guess is he will travel there a, a good bit. When it's all said and done, do I think that Georgia wins this recruiting battle? I guess I probably think that it will. But do we? Do I expect to see he and maybe even Bowie as well showing up at College Station from time to time a little bit more? Yeah, that, that there's certainly a chance of that with the presence of Nick Williams. The fact that A&M's a pretty good recruiting school right now anyway, one of the best in the SEC West at the current moment. My guess is that Georgia fans will be hearing the name Texas A&M in its own recruiting battle, in their, in their school's own recruiting battles for some time to come here. So uh, do with that what you will. But uh, Bear Alexander apparently having a good time in College Station over the weekend will make that your SEC through. Let me also give a quick shout out here to Lou Harris Stamper, the UGA softball coach. The team's run in Oklahoma City for the Women's College World Series did come to an end, but uh, um, after that was over with, Harris Stamper announced her retirement. What a way to go out there by getting your team to the Women's College World Series. Great run there coming to an end here this weekend and a uh, career now coming to an end. Interesting to see where Georgia goes with this. Every reason to believe this will be one of the most coveted job openings in that sport, just given the hotbed that is the SEC, the talent that exists here in the state of Georgia. It's one of the things I've learned now that I've got kids who are old enough to be at ballparks and we're traveling around the state. You know, in our little area, a neck of the woods there, just how big softball is in Georgia. That's not one of those things I was too aware of before I had kids of my own. But, boy, you really see that on full display right now. And, obviously, UGA stands to benefit from all that interest in the sport here in this state. So this, no doubt, will be a hot, hot job opening that a lot of folks will have some interest in. And so uh, congratulations on Lou, to Lou Hare Stamper on a terrific career culminating with a trip to the Women's College World Series. And we wish her well in this next phase of her life's journey. As we wrap up on this show here today, we like to do so in style. Speaking of the uh, lousy, stinking Gators, we do our Gator Hater Roll Call and we give out a golden shoe winner. Today's golden shoe winner just a little bit different, though. This one cracked me up so much. Last week on the show, we were talking about the new football facility at Georgia. And I said before that I do like nice leather, that I like a nice you know, leather grain, whether it be in the seats of a car or office furniture or whatever else. You can just kind of rub your hand on it, kind of tell the difference on that. Well, Matt on Twitter... Uh, was making some fun of that, kind of saying I'm a little bit like Martin Lawrence. Remember like the Bad Boys movies when Lawrence and Will Smith were kind of talking about that? I I can't play the full video for you because Big Tech will censor us. But uh, nonetheless, I, I showed off the uh, the photo here from Matt on Twitter saying that I'm like Martin Lawrence and the Dog Nation audience like uh, Will Smith. Uh, that's really, really funny. Yeah, I, I like my uh, I like my nice leather, much like Martin Lawrence did in Bad Boys there. Hey, uh, Gatorator Countdown, 145 days from right now. We'll see you tomorrow. Dog Nation Daily, presented by Pelo Endo and Door of Georgia. Hope you all have a great day. And on the podcast, time now for the R.S. Andrews Podcast Cool Down. Of course, our friends at R.S. Andrews make it all possible, and they're the ones to know for your air conditioning, heating, plumbing, and electric needs. Really, the heating thing probably right now, not too big of a concern, but certainly your air conditioning unit is for many of you a huge concern so make sure yours is ready to go for the summer that's here and on its way and also any kind of electrical issue or plumbing issue you might be facing trust me when i tell you that rs andrews will show up on time do the work that's promised for the price it's promised that's why story after story they've been delivering smiles and can do so for you today make sure you come out today at rsandrews.com all right i want to get a couple of comments here both on the dognation.com comment section page and on twitter at dognation daily there as well a lot of talk about Brandon Turnage today. And I got a good question from our buddy Mark Morris, who writes in to say, if I can find it. Yeah, here it is. Mark on Twitter says, B.A., what constitutes a, quote, legit transfer? 
If the NCAA grants you one transfer, how can Turnage now transfer again to another school? That's a really good question, and I think it goes back to, and this is an audio clip that I've referenced a number of times during the show, that when Kirby Smart said when it comes to Rick Gilbert announcing that he was transferring to Florida, that, I mean, I assume that what Smart said was about Gilbert. It's not you know plainly obvious from Smart that it was, but that when it comes to these transfers, they're not, not actually on someone else's roster truly and officially until they start going to school there until classes begin there that they're kind of open to still be recruited until that takes place and if we understood that to be true about Gilbert when he announced he was going to Florida that's also true about Turnage as well that Turnage I guess was seen to be in Athens at one point in time at the beginning of this month but if he were to leave and go home he actually never started you know classes at Georgia for the summer semester don't start for a few more days so he actually would not technically have ever truly been at Georgia. All he, this is almost like, I guess, the recruiting version of a commitment. Turnage is committed to Georgia. The fact that he spent the last few days at Georgia from an official standpoint wouldn't necessarily mean anything. That if he leaves and goes home and never comes back, and as far as the NCAA cares, it's almost as if he was never even here. In fact, this is one of those interesting things that – so there are a couple of reporters that are fairly famous for reporting on the transfer portal. Uh, by famous, I mean that's just kind of the niche they're known for within the world of college football. Like Matt Zenitz from AL.com is, for instance. You know, Zenitz, if you follow him on Twitter, I mean, he is on the portal somehow, you know, has just the absolute, you know, connection to that. Every player that shows up in the portal, I mean, Zenitz fairly well – tweets it before anybody else does there are a couple of other guys who do it but Zenitz is probably the one that I know the best that's just locked into the portal so there was no portal tweet from Zenitz about about turnage which would lead you to believe that turnage and I'm going to use some kind of you know casual language here for a moment so don't hold me to this language but turnage didn't go back into the portal in fact you know I don't think it's even clear that that turnage ever left the portal right you know he entered the portal when he left Alabama as far as like the NCAA is concerned, he's still in the portal. So to say that he's – this is where you can just kind of get into the weeds, and I apologize for such a tedious you know description of language. But to say that Turnage is, quote-unquote, going back in the portal if he's leaving Georgia, the actual truth is he's just decided not to exit the portal. Does that make sense? That, that Brandon Turnage's name, I believe, is in the transfer portal right now, but not because he's leaving Georgia, but because he left Alabama. And until he actually begins classes at Georgia, if he were to do that, then I'm guessing his name would be in the transfer portal still, which is all just really, really complicated and probably more complicated than it needs to be. And who knows? Maybe I even explained it in a way that's more complicated than it needs to be. The point is, for Turnage, this would not be a violation of the NCAA's one-time transfer rule, saying that all of a sudden now he's a two-time transfer. No, he's still in the process of making his first transfer upon leaving Alabama, and all he has done is make a public pledge to Georgia. He may have showed up here. He may have been living in university housing, I guess, but um, but he's not officially on Georgia's roster occupying one of their 85 scholarships until classes actually begin. And for Georgia, that hasn't happened yet. Now, the flip side of this and what's good for UGA on this is that if Turnage does not end up going to class at Georgia, then the scholarship he was going to occupy, you do have that scholarship back for somebody else. Whereas my understanding would be, 
let's say that Turnage made this decision three weeks from now, summer classes had started, at that point in time, that's a scholarship to use for this year that you would not get back. At least that's my understanding of that, and my understanding oftentimes is, is flawed. But So the timing on this actually would benefit Georgia. If Turnage decides he doesn't want to be here, then you saw you know Evans, the defensive back from Tulsa, say Georgia's offered me. It's very likely, almost certainty, that what Georgia offered Evans on was the scholarship that Turnage was going to occupy. So so Georgia gets to use it if Turnage decides he doesn't want it or if Georgia decides it wants to move on from Turnage, which I guess is also a possibility in all of this too. So hopefully that made some sense. Duke Duke, writing at uh, dognation.com, says, great show uh, last week. Thank you, Duke Duke. He says, I've got to give Jeff Sintel his good morning pleasantries every once in a while. So that is one of the things that <laughs> I guess I'm kind of bad at from time to time is my background is in like, you know, regular radio, right? You know, in, in radio – you know, the thought is no time is wasted. And so when I bring on the guest, I generally like to begin with the question. You know, you know, the truth is we are more of a podcast than a radio show, even though we are on the radio. We are more of a podcast. We do have some room to say hello to each other. And as Duke Duke says, give some morning pleasantries and things like that. Sometimes I just like the idea of hitting the ground running. If you'll notice this, when the show open plays, when the fight song plays and the um, you know, the, the voices welcome you to the show, you know, when, when that's over with, I just basically jump right into the content. I don't do a lot of, Hey, good to have you with us. Welcome. Blah, blah, blah. How's the weather. We don't do a lot of that kind of stuff. We don't build to the, you know, we don't, you know, build up to a takeoff. We just sort of hit the ground running. Now, eventually you have to introduce the show and you have to say hello to sponsors and things like that. But that was like one of the things that we kind of negotiated from the word go when we knew we wanted to make dog nation daily kind of a sponsorship vehicle of hey let's not put a bunch of sponsorship stuff at the beginning of the show in fact you listen to some you know uh, shows there's like four or five minutes of podcast ads before the show even begins and we didn't want to do that we wanted the show to kind of hit the ground running pretty quick we have very brief sponsor mention uh then the show open plays and we kind of hit the ground we're going and so i treat the interviews kind of the same way which is probably more than you care to know of hey when we bring on the guest i like to get a ask a question now could i ask shorter questions maybe i probably could but that's kind of our thought but i think that duke duke is right i probably could give a little room for jeff to give his pleasantries and everybody else there as well however have you ever noticed this that mike doesn't really like doing pleasantries that um so if um if i brought on jeff and said jeff good morning how you doing jeff would be would be uh it, it, it'd take 45 seconds to say good morning back right Whereas if you bring on Mike, and just people's personalities are just different. Or if I were to say, hey, Mike, hello, how are you doing today? Mike would say, I'm doing great, BA, thank you. Like, and that's it. And then he's just ready to go. So he'll give you long answers, but he gives you short, you know, relatively short welcomes and good mornings. So certain people are different in that regard. Uh, the other thing that Duke Duke brings up is uh, he says, I've heard Scott Cochran's name mentioned more in the last week than I feel like I have in all the last year. Do you feel like opening back up in person visits allowing his recruiting strength to shine? Yeah, I think I probably do. And he also asked, how would you evaluate his hire 15 months or so in? Well, first of all, I think that, and Duke Duke, I'm sure you'd agree with this, that the performance of the Georgia special teams last year was really strong. I think you have to give Cochran some credit for that. But beyond that, here's what I really believe. It was kind of treated by Alabama fans as this, like, attempted coup by Kirby Smart to hire Cochran. And all of this was was just some sort of flex at Alabama, something that was intended to annoy Nick Saban. But the honest truth is, and I think I've said this on the show a number of times, I've always felt like the actual, 
benefit of hiring Cochran was about a whole bunch more than just getting somebody who used to work at Alabama or getting somebody that had strength and conditioning experience, whatever else. I mean, I really do truly feel that Alabama did not take care of Cochran. They 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 were very poor in their opportunity for professional development for him. Now think about this. We all have careers. We all have you know things we do for a living. What if your boss essentially told you that you were forced to remain in the role that you were in there was no opportunity to move up beyond that. I just think that's, I think that's really sad and disappointing. I think that it's a bad look for Saban that he never wanted to allow Cochran to grow into a bigger role than just strength and conditioning coach. And so here at UGA, I think that Cochran's pretty quickly proving that he was absolutely capable of being an on-field coach. He's got the recruiting prowess to be able to do so. He's got the on-field coaching chops. He's been around enough football practices that he essentially already had some experience that he's used to kind of form his coaching personality. These are all things that that Scott Cochran's really good at doing. And so, I mean, it could be that Georgia doesn't keep Cochran very long, that he leaves Georgia to take a bigger coaching job somewhere else along the way. And maybe, like a lot of the Georgia assistants, maybe his aspirations to one day be a head coach, maybe that comes true there as well. I think he briefly emerged as a candidate for the Vanderbilt job when it was open this past offseason. Nothing really came of that, but I believe this is a guy that could be climbing the coaching ladder, and so who knows how long George is even able to keep him. You know, if he wants to go be a coordinator or something like that, that's obviously the kind of thing that would seem unlikely to happen in a place like Georgia. But Kirby was seemingly right that Scott Cochran is is good enough, strong enough with his you know football acumen to be an on-field coach, and he's showing that as a recruiter there as well. And the you know the the removal of the dead. Pe- period just makes it a lot easier to see all of that so I think that's I think I think that's good stuff and a, and, a, and a good thing to be noticed there by Duke Duke thank you all for being here for our R.S. Andrews podcast cool down today we appreciate R.S. Andrews making it possible air conditioning heating plumbing electric you can find them online at rsandrews.com they'll take care of you hope you all have a great day see you back here tomorrow dog nation daily presented by Pella window and door of Georgia and we'll look forward to seeing you back here again tomorrow everybody <laughs>